about the Messi thing. Anything else on the Messi front, Chris, before we move on? No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm falling out. I told you, I never want to bring this guy's name up again. I don't know, man. This Messi thing is just a freaking mess. What a disaster. I don't want to hear this name ever again until it's official. But they got me back. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the Herons are back. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 70 of the Battered Herons podcast. I am your host, Daniel Granada. Alongside me, as always, is Mr. KBD. How are you doing, sir? Look, it's the same thing as last week, Danny. I'm not good. I'm not bad. I'm just, you know, it's Will Wednesday. Got another tie. Yeah, but that's two times the points we've been getting over the last month and a half. I guess. I guess. I mean, if that's how you want to look at it, you're looking at it with a little bit. Yeah, whatever. You do you. Well, I'm feeling pretty good. I, I said that we needed three points, so I figured we needed a win. One of the last four games, and we ended up getting two points off of two draws in a row. So one more draw, and we get those three points. But, uh, you know, keeping those playoff hopes alive, kind of, sort of, barely. But yeah, barely. it is July 5th. Today, the transfer window opened. Exactly one month ago today, we were recording on a Monday with our guy, IMCF Traveler. If you're not following him already, go ahead and follow him. And he was with us, and then he kind of just wanted to just give us a little something. And I thought he was joking, Ron, to be quite honest with you. I wasn't sure how seriously to take him. And he said, hey, by the time Friday comes around, you can go ahead and order yourself that messy Inter-Miami jersey. And then he hit us with, and by the way, he's debuting on July 21st against Cruz Azul. Which, by the way, I took that, and I ran, and I went, and I purchased some tickets right after he told me that. Thank goodness I did. So my wife would like to thank you, Trav, for giving us the heads up because we now got some tickets plus more tickets. We'll see what we do with those. But thank you very much for joining <laughs> us and for all that info. How you doing, Trav? Ah, you know, I'm hanging in there, you know, feeling feeling kind of middle, you know, uh, not a win, <laughs> not a loss. Well, I mean, I mean, look at this guy, Danny. Like, he loves mediocrity, right? Like, he is excited. He is a kid, and he is a, a pig and shit. With two ties, Danny. Get out of here. What is that? Get out of here. If you had to choose between a loss or a draw, would you not prefer a draw? I mean, but you're asking me the dumbest question of historical, uh, uh, of human historicalness. Like, of course, you're going to want to tie over a loss. Okay, so why can't I be just semi-happy that we didn't lose? We scored in the 90th minute. It was basically looking like a loss. Look at what you're doing. You're rubbing off on Matthew now. He's he's willing to take a tie for a game that we haven't even played yet. Chris, you said that Get we're probably going to lose the last four games. You thought we were going to go into the break on an 11-game losing streak. At least we're not doing that. Listen, Trev, man. should we not be somewhat, not, not happy, but should we not be somewhat satisfied that we are not on a nine-game losing streak? Uh, I mean, I would say, yes, I'm going to take the points right now. You know, if we want even a shot at the MLS playoffs, mm-hmm. we need to pick up points. However we can, we need to w- make up for those 13 losses on the season. Now uh, we should have won against Austin. You know, Josef Martinez had multiple chances to put it away. Yeah. Uh, Columbus, I'm very happy with the draw. That's the first time all season that we have come from behind 
to secure points. So I'm very happy with the draw against Columbus. Listen, I could have, I I was, I I wasn't, I wasn't sad with the, with the tie against Columbus, but like how, how crazy would it be that we just tie every game until Messi gets here? Right. That would be a disaster. That would be a disaster, Danny. I'll take it. I would take that too. That's an, that's an additional two points. Right, right now. Lose and then win, we get an extra point. I'm sorry, but you're not beating you St. Louis. That, you're you're listen, not beating uh, Traveler's Boy Indy. I'm sorry. As much as I would love to beat Indy, you're not beating Indy. You're not beating Rob, St. Louis. Listen, Rob Weiss is getting dime of the days here. I mean, he already is on fire. Javi is worse Javi than Phil. Right? He's not wrong. No, and no, then no. Every- let's get one. Uh, you know what? Let's jump into it. Let's jump into it, Trav. Let, I want to see what you think. Trav, Chris and I were talking about this last episode. Do you think it's Tata pulling the strings behind the scenes and Javi's just kind of the person standing there? Yes. No, 100%. I mean... So, so, so Tata's worse than Phil. Uh, I mean, if for the last two matches, for the two draws, it's yes. been Tata pulling the strings. I agree. And it's as simple as Javi straight up admitted to that. Oh, He said, you know, I've been in constant communication with Tata Martino. We think it's going to be a very easy transition to his system. That's because he's calling the strings. For sure. You know, he, he's calling all the shots right now. He's telling Javi, all right, you're starting this lineup. We're going to play these tactics, all of this. I can't be down there because my work visa hasn't come in yet. Got to love the U.S. government. But this is what we're doing, and you're going to do it. I agree. Chris, do you think that's why Joseph's been starting? Because I think that that was calling the shots even before he got officially hired. I can't see why else Joseph would have been starting. I don't know about calling calling the shots before he was officially, you know, hired. I think that it was easier to put Joseph in over Campana. And I don't know, oh, dude. Why? There's so many people in this chat that really still believe that this guy is better than Phil. Like, you guys are out of your minds. I don't think Phil was horrible. I just think Phil needed to go because the team was playing so poorly. And, and he was very um, – and actually – Pizarro came out and said it that he was very rigid with his 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 play style. He didn't give them any freedom, and they felt that. And I think that that's also helped a lot. Ever since Javi took over, they're playing with a little more freedom. But now without the pulling the strings, maybe it's a little more organized chaos. I could say, I guess. Trav. Uh, I, I mean, for me, you know, the decision to start Josef was. Less about who's better, Josef or Campana. It was more about, all right, if we keep losing and we keep looking like shit, we need to at least show off the talent that we do have so that if you know we have to farther sell house, we can. I mean, that's effectively why Pizarro played the last two games. That's why Robbie Robinson played two of the, uh, two of the last three games. Because these are players that are going to depart. And, you know, while they're known quantities and they're known what they bring, you still want to be able to show off what they have and say, okay, look, Pizarro, he can be effective in the midfield. Oh, look, Robbie Robinson, he is a effective left-wing striker. All right, well, I guess we can get into Saturday's game since we're talking about the fact that Pizarro... kid doesn't even have a left foot. 
Robbie Robinson needs a whole left foot. Surgically he needs a left leg because he keeps getting injured. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, he needs I mean, yeah. he needs two hammies. So if anybody has some to spare, uh, let me know. <laughs> I'll put you in All contact. Right. So uh, on Saturday's game, we like you said, first time we came back because whenever we gave up uh, the goal first, we were 0-13, 13 losses. We came back not once but twice, and we tied it obviously with that Joseph goal late. Uh, I'll start with you, Chris. Did you have any takeaways from Saturday's game? Listen, the takeaways that I had was I love Rob. I love Taylor. I love him. And if we deal him or do anything with him, I'll be furious. Uh, Ian Frey played like a subpar 15 minutes in the beginning. And then after that, picked it up big time. Like if it wasn't for him, a lot of our attacking plays would have never existed. So that's just crazy in my opinion. And then the worst part is, is, and maybe you can talk a little bit about this, Trav. You know, Pizarro to me played super, super effective. And the crazy thing is, is everybody's talking about him getting dealt, which I mean, I don't, I don't see it not happening, but like everybody's talking about it. Like if it's set in stone already, it is. So the, those, those are the things that, that stood out to me in, in the last game. Yeah. I, I mean, Rodolfo Pizarro was always leaving this window. Uh, yeah. From the second that we knew that Messi and Sergio Busquets were signing, along with yeah. more friends that they're bringing, such as Jordi Alba, uh, Rodolfo Pizarro was always the odd man out. He is the designated player who can't be bought down using GAM. He doesn't really have a spot with this roster with a Messi and Busquets and Alba and you know the emergence of Benja Kramaski and David Ruiz and stuff like that. So Pizarro was always going to be the odd man out. And you know, it's bittersweet to see him go because he's been playing well. Yeah. You know, he's been playing well lately and he's you know, love or hate him, he's a historic player for this club. Oh, he scored the first ever goal. He had the iconic celebration against Orlando. In the COVID season, he arguably outside of Lewis Morgan was one of our best players in the inaugural 2020 season. season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it wasn't for the arrival of Gonzalo Higuain, who they very obviously hated each other, Mm -hmm. he he probably would have thrived here. And it just never came to fruition. And sadly, now he is going to go. Where is he going to go? I can't tell you just yet. Uh, oh, it could be within MLS. It could be back in Mexico. Oh, he's got suitors. And you know, he talked very candidly last night about his departure. He knew going into last night's match that it was his final match for Inter-Miami. Yep. He took, I think, almost 10 minutes to leave the field and oh walked around he was distraught. He gave his kid away. Now, Pizarro doesn't typically do that and was very, very honest in his post-game interview and said that, you know, I'm disappointed that I've let the owners down. Uh, before the se- before the season started, everybody was calling that uh, you can buy out a DP player or buy out a player in the middle of the season. They were calling it the messy rule. But in reality, it's called the Pizarro rule because that was literally the player that it was meant for. 
We all knew that if Messi came and they needed to open up one of the DP spots, it was either buying down Gregory, which you could have done already, right? Well, we or, did. Right. Or buying out Pizarro. And everybody knew that that's what was going to happen. So, I mean, I know everybody's calling it the Messi rule, but, I mean, it's kind of like the Pizarro rule. Let's get Pizarro something here. Well, and the bigger rule that was made was the fact that now you can trade a designated player yeah. and retain salary but still shed that designated player spot. So right. he could theoretically for the inner Miami comms people that are going to blow up my phone after this. Uh, he could theoretically the be traded to the LA galaxy. Mm-hmm. Miami could retain $1.5 million of his contract and he won't count as a designated player for either club. Yeah. So they theoretically could do that. Atlanta did that with Joseph Martinez when they sent him to us. Yep. So, you know, very much he could do that, and that is a mechanism that Inter-Miami could use. Uh, and if there isn't a MLS suitor for him, he will be bought out. He only has six months left on his contract. Miami will pay the remaining $1.5 million on his contract, and he will walk free and be free to sign anywhere. And for those wondering why Messi still hasn't officially been announced, even though the transfer window's open, they still don't have a DP spot open for him because Pizarro is still on the team. And I'm assuming they're waiting to, to introduce Messi and Busquets together. Correct. No, that's not why? So so Miami does have an open DP spot. They right, bought they down wanna, uh, Gregory. Gregory. But they want to announce both the together, no? The reason that Messi hasn't officially been announced yet is twofold. One, mm-hmm. Inter-Miami will be hosting a unveiling event. Uh, I've been told that's a season ticket holder exclusive event on July 16th at Drive Pink Stadium where they will have a open training, uh, kind of a concert, so on and so forth, and an unveiling of their summer signings. Okay. Uh, Mr. Krabs with a great point. They will introduce Messi, Busquets, Alba, and whoever else arrives at the same exact time. Messi also has not signed the contract yet. The whole reason for that is because it's an extremely complex contract. Yeah, there's so much that's got to be worked out, not just through MLS, but through Apple, through Adidas. I mean, there's there's so many other factors. The last month, they would have gotten that done already. So he's agreed to terms with Inter-Miami. There's no doubt about that. Chris Henderson has said that. Uh, at this point, though, he now needs to basically finalize certain pieces of it with MLS, such as revenue sharing from the Apple TV deal, revenue sharing from kit sales, so on and so forth. Those are all being worked out, little kinks. Messi will be signing for Inter-Miami. It's not in doubt. He's agreed to it. It's just little pieces that are being worked out at this point. All right. Now, I th- and I know I was about to ask you another question. I know we're going to get rolling on this because this is going to be take up the majority of the episode. But yes, I did want to yeah. finish real quick with Saturday's game. Saturday's game. What did you think of Benja playing right wing back? Because I thought that given the fact that unless he's played it in the youth academy, which I wasn't aware of, I thought he did a great job holding that side down, especially since Columbus was picking on him because they constantly try tried to get him with through balls, and he did a great job. Obviously, his his youth and athleticism helped him kind of recover a lot of times that he was beaten, but I thought that he did a pretty good job down on the right side. 
What did you think of Trav of Benja downplaying the right wing back? Well, and and before you get to it, Trav, I did watch Javi with the post game, and he mentioned that this was the first time that Ben Krem played the okay, right wing back. So, if we can get some of your thoughts, that'd be great, Trav. So Benha is a naturally right sided player. He prefers to play on the right side of either a midfield three, a midfield four diamond, so on and so forth. His defensive part of his game has always been lacking. It's been something that he's worked on throughout the years, especially as he's yeah. moved from more of a 10 to an eight. So by putting him there, Miami doesn't have any other wide players they could have put out there. He got they duped. S- Neville. I'll get into this one before the comments murder me. Uh, <laughs> All right. But Benha at the same time provides the nice. ability to play a ball in and come centrally. We saw a lot of times, especially later in the game, where Benha came a little bit more centrally while Ian Frey moved wider mm-hmm. and basically turned into a true back three while Benha playing more of a like right CDM, right center mid, center mid. So it, I thought he did fantastic. He put in some great recoveries and great defensive efforts. Yes. And if he can work on that side of his game, he will be one of the best eights in the league. Mm-hmm. He fact. wasn't, he wasn't, it wasn't a master class at right wing back, but the fact that it was the first time I saw him there and I saw one, not only that he was playing well, but that he was busting his ass. Like, it's not like he was taking, he was busting his ass. I respect he always that. Does and, that. And, well, and, and that's what I love about him. So I really appreciated what I saw out of him. What I saw out of Ian Frey, I thought Ian Frey played one hell of a game. Noah Allen, I still love Noah Allen, even though seeing him as center back on the left side is, is a little weird, but I, I still thought that he did great. Um, David Reese is still doing those silly fouls, but I love the aggression. A crazy person, I but mean, I love crazy people. Yeah, the young guys I thought really showed up, and I think that that's going to be really helpful with depth because obviously when Messi and friends come, they're not going to get the same amount of playing time they, they've been getting over the last month or so. But I do think that they're going to get valuable playing time now, and that's going to help them in the long run. And then one more thing. Ian Frey, I thought, played great. Phenomenal. Is there any chance? Because I know, look, I was looking into it. Tata played five in the back with three center backs for a lot of late 2018, the year that they won the title. So he was running five in the back, three center backs. When Kamal Miller comes back, is there any chance, do you think, that we see Ian Frey take Kamal Miller's spot? Or if there's three in the back, I would assume Ian falls right into one of those. If we play a back three, back five, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, Ian Frey starts right, without a you know second of a doubt. Okay. Uh, if it's only if, if it's only four in the back, though. If it's four at the back. I, I put out a tweet after last night's game that said Ian Frey should start over Kamal Miller right now. Uh, I think Kamal Miller is a fantastic player, but you can't drop Ian Frey right now. Dude is playing the balls that need to be played. He's recovering. He's putting in the you know absolutely perfectly timed tackles that need to be put in. He can play in a back three, in a back four, he can play number six. He needs to play right now. 
You cannot take out a player who is at their absolute best form right now. That's a steamy take. uh, There was a comment that uh, I have an Ian Frey signed kit. Yes, I do. Uh, I got it signed to the night that he scored his first ever professional goal. I thought and, and then that, speaking, that is scary to me because I think I think Twitter Inter Miami Twitter world knows that you have a bit of a jinx with Inter Miami. Oh no. Oh <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Random Diop jersey. That's a game war on Clement Diop jersey. <laughs> so you have a bit of a of a of a jinx coin. So hopefully you've broken that with the Ian Frey. Um I, I did want to talk about real quick the defense. Columbus by far the best offense in the league. And I was looking at their stats because I'm a numbers guy. And they're surprisingly disciplined under Nancy Wilford. The way that even though that they are very aggressive, they don't get called offside very often. But our young guys playing our back line were very disciplined. We call, we, they got called for four offsides this game. And they are averaging like one a game up until this point. So the fact that we were able to keep that discipline line, and it was Noah Allen back there, Ian Frey back there, uh, Benja Kramashi back there, I thought that was a really good look, the fact that we were able to keep so disciplined. And it's just young guys just starting to get used to kind of playing. And uh, that was, I think, my biggest takeaway is that our defense looked a lot better than it has in recent games. Yeah, and the most impressive part of it to me at least was Ian Frey. Ian Frey, if you watched just him this past match, he was vocal. He was yelling for players to get up, to move up, to hold their line, so on and so forth. He he had a absolutely spectacular match from top to bottom. Uh, Go and watch the Josef goal. But watch Ian Frey on that goal. Ian Frey oh, played a that, beautiful outside of the boot ball into Leo Campana to set him mm-hmm. up to score on that goal. I, I think if you had to tell me right now one player that is the future of Inter Miami, it's Ian Frey. Well, oh, and he's the one. He's the one. Also, like shout I mentioned out to that- uh, Marley Frey, his sister. And 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 really, he's the one that's actually been pushing the pace. And to push the pace as a defender, I mean, other than Kamal Miller, because Kamal Miller was also pushing pace when he was, you know, rocking with us a little more. But him and Ian Frey are the are the only defenders that I've seen pushing the pace, like with their ball, with the ball at their feet and moving it up. You know, not like Negri, where he's just like blasting off onto the sides. So the fact that Ian Frey is pushing the pace as a defender and has the confidence to do so, I mean. How can you be able to take that position away from him? Well, right, and the, num- the number of times that you would just see Ian Frey turn around, look, see that there's no good pass to make yeah. and say, screw it, I'm going on an adventure and go yeah. on a 30-yard run straight up the field before playing a pass it is spectacular. And that's what Miami's been missing for the past, oh, what, two years since we lost LGP and Figal was that ball-moving, ball-carrying center back who can progress play directly out of the back. Yeah. And I thought that the fact that he was coming up with the ball with the confidence, it helped. 
especially when you have the midfielders that are not pushing the ball up as much as they should be. Uh, yeah. No, I'm not drinking Henny, Will. I, I think Ian Frey had a great game last night. And then some people were talking about how Ian Frey was the person that kind of cost him that – was it the first goal? No, it was the second, the second goal. goal. The second the goal. The second goal, yeah. I think that was more on Kristoff because Kristoff kind of went into the right side towards Kucho and Salarayan when they were already overloaded defensively over there. They had David Reese over there. They had uh, – I think it was Noah Allen over there. So they ben were Krem. well covered. And Christoph came over, and Ian Frey just had to fill in that center role that Christoph had abandoned. So it was left on. Obviously, he was left unguarded or unmarked back in the far post. But I wouldn't put that totally on Frey. Obviously, uh, well, and if Ian Frey dives for that ball, it deflects off him and goes in. So I I rather him play the space and hope that either Drake Calendar comes out for it, or that he's able to turn around and make a play on it. But I rather not see him make just a diving tackle on the ball and end up in the back of our own net one way or another. That'd be brutal. Campana, man of the match. I thought he had a horrible first half. I, I thought he was a ghost out there. I, I didn't really notice him much. That that obviously that header. He's he's the best thing we have right now on set pieces. The best option. And I'm assuming, I think part of the reason he got to start, one, it was a short turnaround, so Joseph can't play another 90. And two, he had a brace against the Columbus the first time we played him, so why not try it again? And obviously he scored again and had an assist. So he had a good good second half, let me say. He had a good second half. And I like to see him with Joseph. I think he sets Joseph up nicely with a lot of through balls. Is there any chance that we see Campana and Joseph playing together up top, do you think? Because... I would love to see that, but I don't know if Tata ever runs that. Uh, I mean, I think so. I think that Miami honestly lines up in a kind of four triple two with uh, Jordi Alba, Sergey Kristov, Ian Frey, DeAndre Yedlin, Dixon Arroyo, Sergio Busquets, uh, Lionel Messi, and uh, either Stefanelli. Or Benja. or Benja, depending on how Tata leans, and then Josef and Campana up top. How good does it feel to be able to toss Lionel Messi's name into a potential starting lineup? Like he voiced that, and I felt chills in my body. Like there, that is beautiful. Well, and the crazy thought is just thinking that e- even with Alba Busquets, Messi, we're not done. No, I mean it's not over, and then and then MLS is gonna blow the rules up. So I mean, of course, we're gonna get to the point where it, it's gonna be open game when the season is over. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Chris one question, and then I know we're gonna get rolling with all the 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 transfer window talks, which will probably ruin us for the next half hour. Chris Joseph finally lands the bicycle kick. We're always talking on this oh, yeah. show about he has a crazy highlight. He has a crazy highlight reel this season of. Empty bicycle kicks because he tries them but never even touches the ball. What did you think when he finally scored that bicycle kick? It was a beauty. Uh, and I'll tell you, I was actually very happy that the pass came from Campana because, like, if Campana wanted to be a dick about it, he would have just tried to blow it through himself. But he had no he angle, saw the upper, yeah. But I mean, come on, it's his left foot that's his stronger foot, so he's gonna go after it. But for him to see Joseph waiting for his patented. Uh, you know, Frisbee kick 3000 
you know, how is he not going to pass that? So yeah, it was gorgeous. Uh, maybe it'll give him the, the, the confidence to be able to land more normal goals. I thought it was well, great. In the Tata era, we've had two games since he's officially been named the, the next manager of Inter Miami. And in those two games, Joseph has scored twice. So what it took was Tata being in the stadium to unlock Joseph. That's it. It's over. It's a wrap. Just know Literally it's coming. Pinocchio 2018, Joseph. Again. That's it. It's coming. All right. So I guess we will now move on to the fun stuff. <laughs> so let's start with, with this one right here, which is a, it's a, it, it gets me to my heart a little bit. Michelle Kaufman came out and said, no truth to the Sergio Ramos rumors. He is not coming. And that one killed me a little bit because even though I made no sense, even though on Monday I came on here and I said, I understand it's probably not going to happen, but it was nice to imagine. Trav, have you heard anything otherwise, or am I just, just give it up? No, Miami never had contact with Sergio Ramos. It was purely a rumor that, you know, uh, aggregate reporter like Fabrizio, who is a fraud, but, you know, I'll have that fight later, uh, <laughs> that, you know, he just put out there. Ramos most likely is going to Saudi Arabia. Wow. That is horrible. That is but terrible. I mean, the more players that take this Saudi Arabia deal, like they're selling their soul. Yeah, well, what I love, they're not getting Apple deals when they come to the MLS, so they have to take the bag. Well, what I love is uh, they put out a video today of Roberto Firmino signing his contract, and they're like, oh, no look contract. And all I could think and all I saw comments for was, yeah, he probably doesn't want to look at that contract. <laughs> it's yeah, brutal. It, look, I, I'm sure that they're going to do because China did this a couple of years ago. China was paying massive money for, for just – Randos. I remember Hulk went to play over there for a, a big contract, and then that eventually died out. And yes, they got a big bag also there, over there. Uh, was it in J China or Japan? Japan. Okay. Speaking well, of Iniesta. Speaking of Iniesta, a great, great transition there, Trav. Speaking of Iniesta. So there are there have been rumors, and I yes, I, I see Trav is ready. What, what are we hearing about the Iniesta? Because if people were on this chat, and I'm looking at you, I'm looking at you. If people were on this chat telling me Sergio Ramos is too old because he's 37 years old and is in tip-top shape to play in the MLS, I want to hear what they have to say about Iniesta being 39 and playing in this league. So here's the thing. Uh, the difference between Ramos and Iniesta is the amount of money that they will make. Sergio Ramos is not coming on a deal that pays him less than $1.6 million a year. I can see that for sure. Iniesta is coming from Japan mm -hmm. where he Which already got the bag. Nothing. Well, he already got the bag in Barcelona and so forth. He made a little bit more in Japan. Didn't make a ton. He would come here purely for a six month deal or so to have that one last hurrah with his Barcelona boys. And that is purely the only reason that I could get behind a Iniesta signing. For sure. Is he comes here dirt cheap. He provides bodies, which let's be honest, we need right now. Now look at our midfield. You know, no Coco, no Mota, no Gregory. Uh, no, you know, if Arroyo goes down, if Ruiz gets suspended, so on and so forth, 
it gets very thin very quickly. Yeah. Having a player like Iniesta that, oh, yes, he's 39 slow, oh, will have issues adjusting. And he's looked he's, like he's been 50 for like the last 20 years. He's always it, looked old. Yeah. You know, which I'm hoping, you know, a couple of years in Japan helps with that. But he's a body that we need, and especially if he's cheap. God, I wish Ian Frey was my roommate. <laughs> you know what? I like Ian Frey. I don't think I like him as much as Trav. <laughs> I love Ian Frey. I said uh, when Ian Frey first signed for the team, before he suffered his first ACL injury, I was like, Ian Frey is going to be an absolute baller. And everybody was like, I get out of here. You know, you're talking up some 17 year old. So for the ACL injury, I'm like, shit, fuck. And then I met him. And, and that's the really funny part and why I like him so much. I just met him randomly at a IMCF two match. And we started talking and you know, we shared Instagrams and stuff like that and kept talking. And Oh, just over time, it's been like, all right, like, yeah, you're cool. And I told him before, I think it was the U.S. Open Cup match against Nashville. I was like, if Ian Frey starts, I will go into the team store and buy an Ian Frey kit right now. Yeah, you did. Ian Frey started. I bought yeah, an Ian Frey kit. Of course he did, Danny. Come on, man. That that kit lasted about 11 days before, thing, before then Ian Frey scored his first professional goals. And I then got that kit signed, and now that kit hangs in the rafters. Nice. I, I have a question before we move on, though, because just to finish the, the Iniesta talk. I have a thought right? also, huh? Uh, you know, Trav, you mentioned Gregory, right, that he's out. But potentially, he can make a comeback within the next, I, I think, what, two months? And so if he does, I mean, do we really need, do we really need Iniesta for a body? if we potentially can have Gregory come back at a decent time. Gregory and Yesta are different players, though. I know, but... One, I, I mean, one they're completely different players. Two, even if Gregory comes back, we're going to have to slowly transition him into significant playing time. A Liz yeah. Frank injury is a serious injury, and while he's back to not wearing a butt boot, while he's back to running on the training ground, all of that, he still had a very serious injury. And Liz Frank is one that, if you don't take it carefully, can get re-injured. Mm -hmm. And the recovery time from a Liz Frank re-injury is quite a long time. Like, we thought the oh, four to six months that he was out this time is long. Yeah. A re-injury of the list, Frank, you're looking at almost a year. Oof, wrap time. Um, I, I haven't been keeping up with the chat, so I don't know if, if Bruno was saying this sarcastically or not, but Iniesta playing the wings, that that cannot happen. I, I mean, I'll, maybe, I'll play maybe, the wings. And maybe, if, if it's, yeah, maybe if it's a six-on-six six indoor field, that's like a, I don't know how big those fields are, but maybe in that case, but he cannot play the wings. Now, I will tell you, if you said that he would come for less than a TAM deal, let's say he gets a million dollars. If he gets less something like that. that, if I would take an Iniesta, and why would I take an Iniesta? Because I see him as an on-field coach. I would love that brain to go ahead and spread the knowledge to the entire roster. And if you can get him to play 20, 30, 45 minutes in a game, plus 
kind of spread the knowledge because as a coach, I'm sure that if we if they were to, the news were uh, the news were to break and they'd be like, oh, we just hired Iniesta to be on the coaching staff. Everybody would be like, wow, that's a great hire. That's basically what you're doing. It's just that he still has a little gas in the tank where he can still play. Also, I think that would be if it comes for cheap. I think that would be a great sign. But you're already getting a freaking brain and messy. What are we doing? Like Iniesta is like, Iniesta is a maestro in the midfield. Iniesta is the type of player that you put to the side in the training ground with Benja Kramowski, you know, Ian Frey, David Ruiz, Eddie Escona, guys like that. And you say, you're going to speak with this guy. You're going to learn from this guy. And that's what he's here for. Because yes, it's messy. And he's the greatest of all time. He's going to teach our players by example. But he's not going to be the type that we look at and we say, all right, you know, you teach Benja, you teach David Ruiz, you teach this guy. We will always have a DP number 10. Mm -hmm. So that's why Benja's playing the eight. That's why Ian Frey is playing the sixth center back. That's why Duke got sent out. That's why Duke got sent out. That's why Pizarro's getting sent out. We will always have a true big name DP number eight, uh, number 10. 10. Mm-hmm. And you can have Lionel Messi teach these guys, but having truly what is one of the best number eights of all time playing here and being able to, even if he's here only for six months, to teach our young guys, it will have long standing benefits. If I were to find out that Iniesta is going to sign for the 2.5 that they're saying Busquets and Albert are going to sign for, I'll throw up. I swear, I'll throw up if they tell me that Iniesta signed for two and a half. But if he's signing for half the year and maybe staying on on the coaching staff afterwards just because he wants to live in Miami, man, sign me up 100%. Chris, you were going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say something because I decided, you know what? If I want to just kill this conversation, let's look at the FIFA cards. And uh, Iniesta and Pozuelo are both gold 78s. And this guy, Iniesta, one of the pictures that I see here, he looks like he's 743 years old. Oh, he's looked like that since he was like get, 25, though. Get get that guy out of here. Bring him to Miami, but put him in a retirement home. Get out of nah. here. No, nah, you're crazy. No, if you can get that mind on the field and, and more than anything around the players, you do it. And especially if it makes Messi happy. Because at this point, you're playing that NBA game where, you know, in the NBA, you get a star and then you start letting, like, their friends hang out at the team facility. Like, you just make the star happy. At this point, whatever Messi wants, Messi gets. This right here, Tebow, that's the comment. That's the dime of the day right there. Imagine Iniesta in the academy. You know what? Just do that. Bring him. He'll take uh, Higuain's job. He'll take uh, Javi Morales' job. Mm -hmm. Fire both of those guys. Get them out of here, too. All right? I mean, come on. Come on. But look, look, an on-the-field coach, I I think that that would be an amazing trait for him to have. And again, that's just me spitballing. I'm not saying that that's what they're bringing him for. But I would imagine if they get him, that that would be something that, that you see. You see him talking to the guys on the pitch. You see him directing traffic on the pitch. I can see him pointing. You know, kick, kick it over here, kick it over there. I, I am all for it if it comes, like Trav said, for cheap. For, if it comes for Get cheap, here. I am all for it. Get out of here. All right. So you said um, a little while ago, Pizarro, he knew that this last game was his final game. 
I thought, and I, I think that, that, that I heard you say maybe on a tweet earlier or something, that Campana doesn't get bought out because since he's your third DP, you're now giving you three U22 initiative spots, which are essentially young DPs. Obviously, uh, Chris's boy Emerson is still on one of those, but that frees up two more young DP spots. And we have a full continent of South America to kind of just go in and just pick who we want. Now, I'm hearing a lot of talk about this kid, uh, Thomas Aviles, Aviles from racing in Argentina. Have you heard anything about that being a possibility as a signing? Now, he plays center back, which uh, I don't know if that's the position we're looking for. But So, for, first, let me clear up some uh, MLS roster rule terminology here. So, bought out is when a player's contract is terminated by saying, we see the rest of your deal, we're going to pay it to you, you're going to leave. That is buying out a player. That is mm -hmm. what Miami will do with Rodolfo Pizarro if they cannot trade him within MLS. Buying down is the mechanism in which you can use GAM or TAM, general allocation money or targeted allocation money, to buy down the cap hit of a contract. Miami will be buying down Gregory's cap hit so that he is no longer a designated player. Miami can buy down Leo Campana's cap hit to make him no longer take up a designated player contract. The reason that Inter-Miami will not buy down Leo Campana's uh, cap hit is because when you have a young designated player, and there's three different type of designated players. There's a designated player, there's a young designated player, and then there's a U22 DP. When you have one of your three main designated players as a young designated player, you are allowed to use three U22 DP slots. U22 DPs are players under the age of 22. You are allowed to acquire them for any price. You can pay $100 million for them. You can pay $5 million for them. And as long as you don't pay them above the maximum salary budget charge of $625,000, they will count as a U22 DP and occupy one of those spots. With Miami keeping Campana as a young DP, they will keep all three of those U22 DP slots. And at the moment, one is already being used by Emerson Rodriguez, which Correct. is on loan. So we still have two available. Chris, are you going to say something? No, I was going to mention we actually just recently finished a couple videos about talking about all of that good stuff, that Gam and Tam stuff. So, yeah, because we know we have some people yeah. watching that. Yeah, go are, check it out, people, because this is going to turn into a lecture. And oh, uh, for I, sure, I, I am not a uh, college professor. Yeah, no, we have a, a couple videos for DPS. We drop in one on explaining Gam, and another one's explaining. Tam and maybe U22 is one that needs to be done also because that's something that's going to be talked about a lot because we have those two open slots. Now, have you heard anything about those two open slots getting filled? So Miami is looking to fill them this window. They are part of the three to five players 
after Lionel Messi that Miami is looking to add this window. They have high contact with uh, Racing and with 19-year-old Argentine U-22 national team, uh, U-20 national team player, Thomas Alves. He is a center back. Uh, he only has 11 starts for a racing senior team, but he is highly regarded. Uh, a lot of people see him as one of the next big center backs to come out of Argentina and to potentially play on the Argentine national team. Now, Miami doesn't need more center back depth. I fought this fight hard, hard, hard with the Sergio Ramos. Ramos. Yep. Mm-hmm. However, U22 DP slots are more so a investment slot. You use these slots to buy players that you would otherwise not be able to afford because they would take up a regular DP slot, but that you want to invest in, develop, and then sell them on later on. Emerson's a prime example of this. He was bought for $2.5 million and takes up a U22 DP slot. He's not with the club right now. He's in Mexico, but he is a investment player. Thomas Alves would be the same. He would be a eventual successor to Sergei Kristov and you know, could even be a successor to Kamal Miller if Kamal Miller leaves for Europe in the last uh in the next transfer window when he is a free agent. Matthew, if you correct me on my English, I swear to God, I know where you live. Uh, (laughs) You're done. uh, But that is essentially what U22 DP slots are. They are investment slots. You buy players with high upside, put them there, develop them, sell them on. So when everybody's, because look, this is the big speculation, right? Jorge Mas put up this picture. He put up three jerseys. And everybody's like, okay, Messi, uh, Busquets, and Alba. And then Mike Ryan came out and said, hey, guys, just to give you a heads up. And, you know, Mike Ryan's been right on most things, so everybody takes his word for gospel. He said, that third jersey, that's not Jordi Alba's jersey. So everybody's up in arms like, oh, wait, so who is it? Any idea who that jersey could be? Uh. I like that comment. The third jersey was Ian Freck. Yes. Uh, <laughs> at this time, Good Miami, job, Rob. <laughs> Miami is between a couple of players for that third spot. Uh, I'm not at liberty to say just yet, uh, but Jordi Alba is not the third jersey. And the E that has been missing from every single announcement is a hint. And the CSI is also a hint. No, Miami has been. You got. You got to. You got to. You got to bring that back because I. I need to hear these hints again. You said the SI the was e, a hint, and I don't know e, what e he's talking about though. So look back at the Messi announcement. Uh huh. What letter was missing? The E. Okay. Look at the. Uh, Basically, when it was Messi's birthday, look at the message that we put out. What letter was missing? That one I don't remember. That's the SI, no? Nope. Feliz uh, cumplo. 
What letter's missing? E. Okay. When we announced Lionel Messi and with the three jerseys that Jorge Moss posted, all that it said underneath was C. S-I. Uh-huh. C. Uh-huh. We have Messi, Busi. There's one more. Is it Pulisic? No? I, is, that, is that a stretch? I, I hope <laughs> to God, no. Um, <laughs> they don't hate on Pulisic, man. Uh, I hope it's Greasy. My boy, uh, Antoine Griezmann. I can see Greasy. But right, that that right. is a hint. I'm going to let the chat run wild with that one. Uh, so the E and the SI are the hints. All right, and, and then the last question, because I know you said you're not at liberty to talk, but the last question. Is this a big name that people would know, would recognize, and be like, oh, shit, we got this guy? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, so, Everybody's going to have to just start, like, sitting in their dungeon tonight and just, like. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm doing I, it. I, I really should hit up Transfer Market and just turn around and apologize and just be like, <laughs> hey, guys, I'm sorry. A lot of traffic tonight. <laughs> uh, specifically on that free agent page. So, um, all right. While while the chat tries to crack the code, and let me tell you something: if they crack the code, are you gonna? No, you're not gonna tell us that we got it right. I mean, but, there's other people asking questions, and I feel like the more that we ask, uh-huh. I mean, we're just gonna have like you know people just climbing in until. Oh yeah, but long. I don't want to get I don't want to get Trav in trouble either. No, of course not. No, not at all. It's not politic, that's for sure. <laughs> it's not politic. Yeah, it's, it's not, not politic. He's going to AC Milan. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. So before we get Trav in trouble, let, let's move on. Any idea when Messi and friends will arrive? Now, I know you, you were talking about July 16th, but if July 16th is his first training and the first game is July 21st, I find it hard to believe he's going to make it to the debut on July 21st. Any word on when he might actually start training with the team? So... The idea is that around that July 16th date is when Lionel Messi and friends will arrive. Uh, it will probably be a few days before that, but uh, that is when they will be ar- uh, arriving. And then July 16th is that unveiling event, uh, supposedly for season ticket holders. Now, our... You might not know this, but are they going to let people sell their their tickets to that event? Because no, those will be non-transferable. Okay, but say because if if you can sell those tickets, I'm assuming that those tickets are going to go for just as much, maybe not as much, but close to that that July 21st game. Yeah, I mean, this event will be special. It's a special event, kind of like one that MLS has never seen before. No going back to maybe the David Beckham days. Now, I think when David Beckham was announced with the LA Galaxy that, you know, they unveiled him in front of their fans. No team in MLS has done that since on such a large scale. Miami will do this in front of a sold out, you know, probably 22,000 seat stadium. We don't have that many season tickets, do we? To sell out that stadium. So, Miami, prior to the Lionel Messi signing, had 13,000 season tickets. After the Lionel Messi announcement, 
Miami had 35,000 season ticket holder deposits placed. So with the way that the way that any sale will go on uh, moving forward will be season ticket members get first priority, then deposit holders, and then the general public. Uh, we'll see that with the Cruz Azul match. We'll see that with this uh, July 16th unveiling with the Atlanta match, so on and so forth. Uh, very, very likely with the, with this unveiling and what has very likely happened behind the scenes is that the earlier you place a deposit for season tickets for the 2024 season, the more likely you were to get season tickets for the remainder of this year and then basically get bumped up a category. That's great. I know there's a, there's a waiting list for, for next year because I wanted to add two tickets for my kids for next year because now they're old enough to go to the games with me. And they're like, yeah, you got to put $200 down and uh, and just hope on the wait list. I was like, what the heck? Like, I've been a season ticket holder forever, but um, I just have to wait. I just saw this this in the in the chat real quick. Uh, he's asking about my shirt, batteredfans.com. I got this shirt. We got messy shirts. We got a bunch of unique stuff that you're not going to find anywhere else. So batteredfans.com if you want to go see some different messy stuff. Because I know you're seeing a lot of the Adidas stuff going around. Um, and also, if you're watching, like and subscribe. Yeah, check us out. why not? Yeah, just hit the, yeah. the like, hit the subscribe. Why not? All right. Um, oh, where was I? See, I'm sorry. I, that's what happens when I go to the chat. I lose my my spot. All right. So no, I forget it. That's why I stay just submerged into the chat because if I, it, I can't, if because we then both I can't do that, around. forget it. We're we're both <laughs> stuck in quicksand. All right. So, is there any chance? Because I mean, it would be crazy. That on June 20... Oh, it says June. It's July. If, is there any chance that on July 21st, we do not see Messi debut? No. Oh, he, he's going to get a lot of people there. talking about it. Like, if it's, like yeah, if it's a possibility. I think that's why the tickets have been, like, coming down. Because people are like, you know what? What if he doesn't play? And people are scared. So Is there any chance? More so the reason that tickets have come down in price is... uh. And Jorge Mas alluded to this was when they first released tickets for this match, they released very few. Yes. Uh, the very first batch that went to just season ticket holders back in May and was also available to the general public, uh, those were only about, I think, a six of the available. Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. I'll answer it in a second. Uh, <laughs> only about a six of them were available for purchase and that was so that oh, people didn't go out and buy all of them just to resell them what happened then was they stopped sales obviously and then turned around and reopened sales and flooded the market with you know 18 19,000 tickets because very few people bought tickets back in May because a lot of people had the same mentality of, God, we're fucking shit. I'm not going to pay to watch us get our ass kicked by Cruz Azul. I, however, enjoy paying, so I did buy those tickets. Uh, so what then happened was with all these new jerseys, all these new tickets on the market, everybody went out and bought them, and so many went out and bought them with the sole idea of reselling them. Mm. Uh, I have friends that have 
done this. They put in the wrong tickets on StubHub. Somebody bought them and they got burned. So that is why prices have come down because now people are panicking and they're saying, you know, shit, I have these tickets that, you know, I bought and I put on a credit card that's due next week. I got to sell them. Well, that's what I think some people don't realize. And and I, I learned this last year with my Barcelona tickets because, I mean, I'm an Inter Miami fan. I don't want to see my team get smacked up by Barcelona. And I got my two tickets and I was like, I'm going to sell these things. I don't want to see our, our ass kicked. And I sold them and they're like, yeah, but you don't get your money until a week after the, the actual game takes place. So I was thinking to myself, all these people that are putting the tickets up for sale quickly, like, why are they doing that? I don't think they realize that they have to wait until after the event's over to receive their payment. So, well, and I know quite a few people that bought tickets, and within seconds of those tickets hitting their t- Ticketmaster account, they listed them and then sold them. So the demand was there, but now with tickets still available firsthand from the club and a just massive amount of tickets overall now available, it, it's going to drive price down because people. You know, People are one now going to wait. They're going to say, all right, I'm going to wait until as close to the match as possible to buy tickets so that I can turn around and hopefully get them for cheaper because paying a thousand dollars for a ticket to a league's cup match, unless you're sitting somewhere with free food and drink is insane. If you do that, please, I'll put my Venmo in the chat. Please send it to me instead. Uh, (laughs) The July Fourth game, uh, the game, the game yesterday, it was uh, sixteen dollars to get into there, which isn't that bad. Yeah, I got Northwest Club tickets yesterday for, I think, eleven bucks. The last time I'll ever do that. Yeah, that's not happening anymore. And on Saturday was probably the last time you're ever going to see that stadium half empty. How Even though the, we, we had experience, we we had a seventeen k on Saturday. And we had 14K yesterday. Uh, Northwest Club. I love the Northwest Club. Uh, it, it's the best. It's sad that I'm never going to see it again. Uh, I have money. Not that type of money. <laughs> All right. Um, so I guess we could... Anything else on the transfer window before we move on to Saturday and uh, DC United? Uh, well, let's see. Where, where's that guy that keeps... Saying that I'm an asshole because I won't answer him. Uh... <laughs> where, where is he? Jump probably in the, chat, the, major- the majority of the chat, probably. Jump in no, the chat. That's, uh, I, I want to see him. Uh, I believe it's uh, it's is it Andres? No, Andres. Hey, Andres, how you doing? Uh, first of all, man, cannibals, cannibalism, cannibalism, cannibalism. Tasty. Uh, Does- you know, I'm not sure I'm into Italian as much, but you know, I'm a little bit more of a French dish type guy. But no, Luis Suarez has a $70 million release clause with Grimo. Uh, there has been rumors that he would retire to come and play for Miami. That is uh, not true. Grimo would put a clause in his contract that basically says if he retires, you can't play for retires. Else. Uh, and actually, now that you bring up these clauses, um, Thomas Avilas from Racing, I believe his buyout clause is $16 million. Would Inter really go after him if they have to pay $16 million to get him? 
So Miami likely would not pay $60 million for Thomas Alves. Uh, his current worth is probably closer to, I'd say, 2 to $3 million. But you know, I would think that Miami would get him for probably in the 4 to $6 million range just because of his potential. Oh, and he has that $16 million release clause just to prevent a Euro side from coming in and trying to poach him much earlier than he is ready. Right. All right. And then one last question about uh, the transfer window. It's, it's a silly rumor that started today, but I mean, I don't see any within any legs, but I guess we'll, we'll get into it. Eden Hazard. I, I can't imagine that that is at all a possibility. But then again, I didn't think Gareth Bale was a possibility for LAFC last year. So maybe. What are you thinking about the Hazard rumors? And I, I don't see how they would afford that. But, you know, at this point, everybody just assumes that that uh, the MLS is ready to grant 15 spots to the Eastern Conference for the playoffs just to make sure that Miami makes it because everybody thinks that Miami's going to get all these rules bent for them. So is Hazard a real possibility? Uh, there's absolutely no legs to the Eden Hazard rumor. Uh, if Eden Hazard is going to join an MLS side, it would be CF Montreal. Uh, CF Montreal has been interested in Eden Hazard for a while, but as it stands right now, Eden Hazard is unsure if he's even going to continue his playing career. Well, I mean, he retired like three years ago. He hasn't seen the pitch in forever. Well, that's just because he played for, you know, Real Madrid, and they love ending careers. Look at Gareth Bale. Well, Gareth Bale mm, didn't do much after he left Real Madrid either. Why are you hating? I mean, he Real did Madrid? win last year. He didn't play well last year. He, he, his MLS career he played, was saved. He played well when it counted final, with that goal. I guess. I mean, I mean, I can't argue hey, the fact that he had hey. the, the the championship clinching goal, but I don't know. It is what it is, Bobby. He 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 hit it when it counted. And then I'll, I'll jump on a couple of the other rumors because go for it. Yes, please. I because they jumped in. They were in my friggin' uh, inbox today. Uh, Eden Hazard. He uh, not Eden Hazard. Uh, Edison Cavani. He has signed a contract with Benfica. He will not be joining the club. Uh, Wasn't that? Oh, I had Di Maria. They got Anthony Di Maria. Uh, the, and no, no, that was uh, Di Maria. Di Maria. Okay. Okay. Uh, Edison Cavani, I believe, is under contract somewhere. So he's not coming. Uh, let's see. Who else have I been sent? That is just insane. Yeah, I mean, there's Edison, been like a million... uh, Edison Cavani is under contract with Valencia. Valencia. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Let's look at this list that somebody sent me earlier. Well, it, it seems like absolutely anybody that is a free agent right now or is being rumored to be moved is being linked to, to Miami. Now, I think that yeah. the real move here is let's just get Ronaldo. Let's just get Ronaldo, pair him up with Messi, and just make it the greatest show on turf. On, on turf. I, I would become a St. Louis fan full-time. Why? You don't like Ronaldo? Nope. Why not? I, I mean, he, he would never come, obviously, but I'm just saying I think that would be hilarious. Um, I had I saw somebody going on here, and they're still trying to crack the code. ESI, does this person play in Europe right now? So all three of these, so ESI, aren't all in the same name. 
it, it is one of the two. Ah, it, it, so it could, could be, be first name e, and last name. So it, it could basically it, be well, absolutely anybody on earth because ESI. It, like the... it could be E. It could be SI. I don't know. Oh, he just threw me off then because that, that basically adds every single person on this planet Earth. Unless everybody is yeah. just th everybody's just throwing 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 <laughs> something and hoping that it lands. Guys, just so you know, everybody in the chat, I think you guys are doing a great job because obviously Trav got shook because somebody was getting close and he had to just shake us off the scent. He's like, just yes. well, well, it's more so the chat doesn't understand, and it's like, yeah. it, it's not both. It's not like you know, uh, like in Bopsy. It's it's not some stupid <laughs> shit like that. It, it's. It, it is it's because they're throwing a C at the end of their actual it's one of their nicknames or their actual name. Got so it, like it, with Boosie, that's one of his actual nicknames, B-U-S-I. I had never heard that one before though. Mm. I, okay, so can you tell me this last thing before we move on to this weekend? Does he play in Europe right now? I cannot confirm nor deny. Okay, so that means he plays in South America. So I guess we'll take that for what it is <laughs> and uh we'll move on. All right, so this weekend we have DC United. Two games left in this in this uh, first. I, mean, I guess I say first. And everybody's game, dying a for a damn time. tie. And, and no, no, nobody's dying for a tie. But everybody's if we end up one. with a tie, that that that's a positive result. It's better than a loss. We're playing against Washington, which we're doing horrible. But they've won like two out of the last three games finally. But before that, they were playing horrible. Uh, they did have a very impressive win. They beat Cincinnati, which is probably the best team in the East right now. They beat them 3-0. Uh, so that was a good result. But we need this game. Do you think, Trav, we need a win? At this moment, we are sitting, obviously, 15th place with 17 points. And we are uh, nine points off of ninth place. Do we need a win on Saturday, do you think, to keep our playoff hopes alive? I think we need just as many points as we can get, uh, you know, leading up to the league's cup and the about month gap in games, uh, whether it's a win, a draw, we just cannot afford to drop any more games. If I'm going to give some people, I guess maybe some, I don't know if, I, if the right word is hope, but we play. Between 8th and 14th place, we play each of those teams starting this Saturday against DC United and then seven of the rest of those uh, after the break. So we technically control our own destiny. If we could keep winning games and costing these teams points, we have a solid chance to make it to the ninth seed at least. So I don't think it's necessarily a win or a win is necessary, kind of like you said, Trav. What we need is positive points. If we can get at least a point, we are in a better position. Chris, I'm guessing you think otherwise. You think we need a win on Saturday? I don't think that we need a win. I think any sort of positivity will be able to lend us lend itself to us sort of moving up slowly but surely. I mean, I think that once Messi and friends get here, it's going to get blown out the water. Like, there's absolutely no way we miss the playoffs. Um, well, well, that's that's a that's a, it's a bold statement, but I mean we do have one or two games in hand again on most of these teams. The only team in front of us that have played the same amount of games as us is Chicago and the Red Bulls. 
everybody else has played at least one or two games more than we have. So we yeah. are, let's say one game in hand, that's three points. That already brings us to within six points of, let's say, ninth place. So I think that we still have a chance if we can just muster out one point. And I do think that a win is possible. I don't think DC is necessarily a powerhouse by any stretch of the, the imagination. So I do think that we have a, a chance here. And the way we've played the last two games, no, we haven't been world beaters. But we've looked pretty good, I thought. Pretty decent, I guess, let me say. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't rule out a win, per se. Do you think we can win on Saturday? I guess we could just call this predictions now. Do you think we could win on Saturday? Trav? I think, I, uh, yeah, go ahead, Trav. Let, let, let him know what you think. I mean, I think we can. And, you know, if we get to a point in that game where, you know, we're not going to win, uh, I think you look at David Ruiz and you say, listen, man, you see that guy named uh, Taxi Funtas? <laughs> David Ruiz is the guy to do it. For David sure. Ruiz is the guy to do it. Now, I saw that you – I don't know if you tweeted it or I saw it on Discord. You said that we have a few players that are yellow card away from a one-game suspension. Yeah, uh, Leo Campana, Ian Frey, David Ruiz are all one game away from a yellow card uh, accumulation suspension. So if any of them pick up a yellow card on Saturday, they will be uh, suspended against St. Louis. That, that, that's well i mean if there's a game to get suspended against st louis because we I'm we're, we're gonna take an l no matter what we're gonna take so, an l no matter yeah, what that week go, go. T- take out taxi anyway uh so chris i guess before i go go ahead what do you think of what's gonna come on saturday i think that we are going to win 2-1 that's gonna be my prediction danny i'm gonna keep it simple 2-1 it's an away game it's uh it's got some drama attached to it Two one, I'm good with that. What do you think, Trav? You didn't give us a, a prediction. You think win, loss, or draw? Uh, I think we get a three two win. Uh, goals by Campana, Josef, and uh, I think Benja Kramaski gets his first. Mm. Ooh, I like to hear that. I love I the positivity. I can now, see I that. Do- I do see them scoring, right? I, I, I find it very hard for us to keep a clean sheet against anybody just because we give up so many shots. But our defense, I thought, played pretty well against Columbus. Um, I, I'm assuming we're going to play with the, basically the same starting 11, maybe Joseph instead of Campana, but regardless, the same defense setup. And I, I think that we have a good chance to win. Now, something that I was looking up because I love looking up stats. Washington, their goalie, Tommy, some crap. I don't know what the hell. I forgot his name already. Miller or something, by far and away, the worst save percentage of any goalie in the MLS. Meaning, just shoot. So and I know we have an issue shooting. But he's an all-star, shoot. by the way. Not this year. Did he make the all-star team? Because his save percentage is absolutely horrible. What the Ooh. fuck? Wait, okay, so he made the... Oh, oh, but was... oh, that's not fair. Anyway. Worst wave save percentage in the league, meaning just shoot, shoot at the MFR because there's a chance that it might go in. So I do think that we'll get in. I, I do think we'll get some in. I think we win this game. I predicted 2-1 last week, ended up 2-2. I'm going to say 2-1 again. I think we could win. No, I, I said 1-1. I'm sorry. I, I said a draw. I think we could win 2-1, and I think that we'll get those three points. We get three points. All of a sudden, we have 20 points, and 
at that point, I start feeling a lot better about our playoff chances once Messi gets here. So, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, did the chat have any questions for Trav before we start, uh, you know, wrapping it up? Did you see any well, questions? I, I I didn't see any questions. I mean, everybody is, you know, Danny. It, everybody has been wondering about this uh, this secret a Da Vinci Code player, right? Everybody's trying to figure it out here. Um, I mean, there's people talking about you know the next game. How long is how long before Tata parks the bus? Uh, which we're going to be closing out the show pretty soon. Uh, Trav, let everybody know where you where they can be able to find you. Uh, you can find me at IMCF Traveler on Twitter. Uh, I have my show, uh, Trav Chats, tomorrow night, where all of you guys can turn around and jump on and you know vocally share your opinions uh, and annoy the living crap out of me if you want. Uh, you can also catch me on the Inner Miami podcast as well from time to time. Oh, man. You see... That's what we're talking about, Danny. And this game this weekend, I can't wait for it. I can't wait for this Saturday's game. Be- before, uh, I-, I saw somebody, and a few people have been saying this. Any truth to this, Trev? Is this going to be our third kit? God, that thing is uglier than hell. It is awful. It is awful. I like the color schemes. I just don't. I just don't know if I like the design. That is uglier than hell. And I'll be rocking the fuck out of it, even though it's ugly. It looks like a heron shat all over it. It (laughs) it looks like somebody just put that thing down on the beach and said, all right, we need two herons, one with regular shit and then one with bloody shit, and just have at it. Have at it. (laughs) And we sent it to the German designers, and they were like, oh, my God, we love this. Uh, But no, obviously, the third jersey will be purple. So... Oh, come oh, on, man. because because that's what Orlando did, right? I, uh, I, I like the I like the Vice City colors though. I just uh, the design. I, I is like. Weird to I, me. Trust me, I want a Vice City kit because I think it'd be really cool. You just gotta do it right, you know. Yeah, if yeah. you do something like that, that's you know a crappy cotton candy jersey. I'm still gonna buy it because my wallet hates me. Oh, yep. but. Even then, you got to do it absolutely right. Yeah, you I do. agree. I, I agree. And this is this is where I wish they would have had some creativity, like Miami FC did, with like all the little cities in South Florida. We're global. We're global. We can't do that. I know, bro. But like, come on, man. Come on. Yeah, and and a lot. Of the issue with this is, unlike Miami FC, we go through Adidas. Adidas designs yeah. the jersey and sends designs back to us. That's how it works across the entire league. So you just have to be lucky to have a really good design team that year. Uh, you know, and, and it's across the league. I mean, the Athletics reported on this quite a few times. Oh, you get some say, but not the same amount as you know these smaller brands where you know, they can really just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and be like, all right, that's it. I don't know what that comment is. Listen, it was it's obviously it's, for Trav. But it's a, it's I, a valid question, right? I mean, you know, Trav put it out there. Is it is it Vasi as in Vasilev? I mean, that's a very valid question. And Trav is God. a huge Vasilev fan. So who would call him Vasi? His name is Indy Indiana Jones. If you haven't seen it now in theaters, uh, yes. 
I haven't uh, seen it. I couldn't care less about the Indiana Jones. I've never watched any of those either. Um, and then real quick, are they have they started selling these seats yet? The the two corner and the gate one and gate three? Uh I don't think I've heard that I've seen them for sale. Uh from what I've heard from more than a few people was that those are being reserved just for deposit holders because they're fresh seats. They're nobody can lay claim to them. There's no you know, oh right. well, you know that, makes sense. that season ticket holder wanted to get the seat next to them. Nobody owns these seats. So yeah. that's why I heard is that those are for deposit holders. That makes sense. Um well, I think that's about it. Unless anybody else in the chat pops up with a new question for Trav. Uh, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us again. Last month, you dropped a dime when we didn't realize what a real dime it was. Today, you dropped a Rubik's Cube, which we're going to keep trying to figure out, the ESI. And we'll see uh, when that comes through. And uh, check him out if you don't follow him already on IMCF Traveler. Uh, as always, if you're listening on audio all the way to the end, we appreciate you sticking with us all the way to the end. If you are on YouTube and you're part of the chat, thank you again. Again, you guys are the best part of this show. So we appreciate you guys taking the time to stick with us all the way to the end. Chris, as always, I hate you. If you guys want some unique apparel for Inter-Miami, Messi, and we'll be having some other teams and stuff from around the, the area up there also, check batterfans.com. And if you haven't already, like and subscribe. We go live every Monday and Wednesday night at 9 p.m. And uh, I think that's about it. So I, I guess we could sign off unless you want to ask another question, Chris. Listen, I, I, we're still trying to solve this Rubik's Cube, though, Danny. So, Trav, like, are you going to give us – are you going to spill the beans? Like, who who's the player? You know, I, I think – you know, I love the show. Uh, last time I was on, I really dropped some news. So, you know, I think it's only fair that I turn around and – Drop the answer. 